Hi, welcome to Me, You, and Who. On today's episode, we are talking with Hillary and Carrie, two intended parents that met through the donor sibling registry and found out that they had chosen the same egg donor. They have since become fast friends. Their children have met each other, and they are really big proponents of sharing their story and inspiring any intended parent that is looking at using a donor in order to create their family and inspiring other women who perhaps want to be a donor to show that without them, they wouldn't have the amazing family that they have. So please enjoy listening to Hillary and Carrie. Me, you, and who? Who knew it would take more than two people to have a baby? In a world where infertility is no longer a taboo topic, this podcast will take you through all the different aspects of surrogacy and egg donation through the lens of many who walk this journey in different ways. My name is Whitney Hall, and I am a two-time surrogate, now turned surrogacy coordinator for Egg Donor and Surrogate Solutions, the very agency I used when I chose to carry for two amazing families. With this podcast, it is our goal to help guide and support you as you learn about what it takes to grow a family in an alternative way, as well as hear inspiring and beautiful stories of how this path has changed lives forever. We can't wait for you to hear about just one more way happy families are created every day. Well, you guys, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really, really appreciate it. I mean, y'all's story is just so magical and lovely and so i'm just pumped to to talk to you guys so i guess like first question just to kind of get us started tell us about yourselves who are you <laughs> you go ahead carrie <laughs> me first uh who who am i who are you? <laughs> am i, I here? <laughs> um so yeah so carrie i live in austin with my husband jeremy and we have three kids um, Willow, who is 12, 7th grade, and twins, Zoe and Cooper, who are first graders and are seven years old now. So um, we call ourselves the crazy train. It is not boring in our house. We also adopted a puppy last year. So it's, oh, boy. <laughs> it is not boring around here. Um, I'm a lawyer. Um, I do energy law. And then I um, have a political organization kind of on, on the side. So things are always busy around here. Always busy. Oh man, we we got a puppy the same week that we were potty training my eldest. <laughs> Let me just say the the almost two year old did better than the puppy. I'm just saying. <laughs> Mine was the opposite. Narvel was like, "We're not getting a dog until everybody can wipe their own butts in this house." <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. <laughs> Hillary, uh, what about you? Tell us. Um, so I'm Hillary. I live in Fort Worth. Um, my husband and Jared and I just celebrated our 20, 20 year anniversary um, last October. We have um, one daughter, Corinne. She's about to turn eight in a few days. And hard, I know, Carrie, shake your head. Like, it's hard to believe it's gone by. Um, it's gone by so fast. Um, but we um worked with EDS in 20 uh 2014 had our daughter in 2015 and she's just a blast and a joy we have a lot of fun together as a family um I work in PR and then I also work with EDS a little bit on some intended parent education through blogs and um webinars 
Yeah, you do. <laughs> and that work is really, you know, it's been a passion project for me for um, a couple of years now because I feel like, you know, I've had quite the journey from how I felt when I first learned that we were going to need an egg donator, uh, an egg donor to create our family to where I feel now, right, as the mom of an eight-year-old. And I just know that for a lot of intended parents, that's a hard journey. So I just want to, you know, offer support and insight wherever I can, because um, there's a lot more resources now than there were when I was going through it. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's amazing how quickly it, I mean, it it doesn't seem, eight doesn't seem that long ago. And obviously there was a journey even before she, you know, she came Earthside. And so, yeah, like, absolutely. So what ultimately for the both of you led you to egg donation and looking into that as a way to grow your family? either one? Um, well, for me, it was um, actually started uh, a long time ago in 20, 2007. I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Um, I was 27. I was lucky in that it was caught early, but the surgery and chemotherapy that I had from that ultimately led to infertility. So my husband and I were on what I call the infertility roller coaster. For several years, you know, the ups and the downs of trying different treatments, getting your hopes up, you know, then it not working. Um, And so after a failed, I was ultimately diagnosed with um, diminished ovarian reserve. So my ovarian reserve was like my AMH was practically non-existent. So after a failed IVF round where I didn't even make it to the egg retrieval because there weren't enough, there weren't enough eggs. I didn't even make it to egg retrieval. That's when my doctor suggested, um, that we look into egg donation. Okay. So ours, I forget what years anything happened at this point, but I mean, I remember how old I was. Um, I had just finished law school and um, we had been married about a year and I was 31. I was 31. And, um, you know, nothing, you know, we'd been trying for a year or so and nothing was happening. And so went to the doctor and I just clearly remember they're like, oh, you know, you're young, you know, we'll run some tests. Don't worry about those. And, you know, we can, we'll fix you right. We get pregnant, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I remember I had graduated from law school and I was actually back in Texas um, studying for the bar exam um, when, uh, like all my test results came back and I remember the doctor, uh, you know, would be referred to this, uh, it was a teaching hospital. Um, George Washington university has a, has a teaching infertility clinic. Um, and it was small and they were fantastic. And I just remember him saying, he was like, don't Google anything. <laughs> oh, geez. That's right? great. <laughs> And, and I had, you know, I, I mean, and it was, it's, I, I guess I hadn't realized that that was your official diagnosis, Hillary, or I forgot that, but that's, that's what my diagnosis was I, totally out of the blue. I didn't have, there was no reason behind mine. I had not, you know, gone through cancer treatments or anything like that would, that would provide a reason for my severely diminished ovarian reserve. But that was at 31. And he told me that, I mean, I would be probably 5% chance of having a baby, even with IVF. Mm. And so it was pretty shocking at, you know, 31 to get this kind of information. Um, and they, uh, we did four rounds of IVF there. Oh my God. Um, 
the first one, I got pregnant and then miscarried at nine or 10 weeks. <laughs> so you go through this whole mm. thing and, then, and I got like two eggs. Like it was all just like, you know, every sort of precious little thing. And then I did two more rounds and didn't make it to um, uh, egg retrieval and they got converted to IUIs. And then the fourth one, um, we got, you know, it worked and we got Willow. And um, then it took me a long time. I mean, it's such a, it's such a hard process. Like emotionally, you feel, I felt really isolated. I was a new lawyer. I, I didn't tell my firm what I was going through. So I was a first year lawyer at this big firm and I really don't know to this day how I hid going to all those doctor's appointments that I managed to do it. <laughs> so and I, I just off campus. <laughs> right, exactly. I was like, I'm going for coffee, you know, whatever. Um, it was so, it was. It just added to the stress. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have been worried about it. Um, but it took me a long time. And she was um, two years old before I could really even comprehend going back into that emotional space. Um, yeah. And by that time, I was... 36, I think 35, 36, uh, I would have, would have been like 36. And so we went to a clinic here in Austin and had a, a not great experience. <laughs> um, well, just because, I mean, I'm a, I'm a hard case, right? I mean, I, I present like my ovaries thought that they were much older than I was. And uh, I was very resistant to them telling me the only way, the only thing you could do is go to donor egg. And we tried another three rounds and then, um, and then, you know, sort of, I exhausted all other <laughs> options in my view. And it was really hard for me to get my head around um, that this is how we were going to have to complete our family. And we um, were with a different egg donation agency at first, and that was not a good experience. <laughs> and we had a... Um, we had used a, a, a lawyer here in Austin, um, Simi Denson, who is just amazing. And she was also a surrogate at least once, maybe twice, and had triplets as a surrogate. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, she, and she's a, a lawyer that specializes in directed agreements for surrogacy and for egg donation. Mm -hmm. And there were some red flags for her when she was helping us with the first one and then you know she sort of gently when that kind of fell apart gently recommended EDS <laughs> and and so we were really grateful that we got connected to this egg donation agency and found our donor pretty quickly like it, after all of the heartache and, and everything that happened the time from when we signed with EDS to when we got to egg retrieval was like eight weeks. <laughs> oh, wow. That's fast. It was super fast. Like it just, um, and, you know, and then I had a positive pregnancy. I mean, literally nine weeks after, after we signed. Cause it was, yeah, like nine, maybe 10 weeks at max. And oh it was, my gosh. And it was talking about an infertility roller coaster, man. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and that one too, it was, you know, working with like a 20 something year old donor and she had donated before. And um, we talked to her just on like Skype or something before we, you know, just to sort of get a sense of her because I was feeling really burned by relying on other people to trust them. <laughs> <laughs> and just really wanted to like, you know, see this person that was going to impact our lives so greatly. Um, 
but yeah, so that's, that's, and, and then, you know, and I remember the doctor telling us, he's like, you know, I know what the statistics are. So I was like, put back two embryos. We got 19 eggs, like 14 embryos. It was bananas. I'd done seven rounds and never got that many total. Right. <laughs> and I remember him saying, he's like, you know, I know what the statistics are, but he's like, I'm telling you, if you put, um, if you transfer two embryos, you're going to get two babies. <laughs> You just yeah. know it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's so, what. Oh, go ahead. Say, that's what really helped us make the decision too, because, like Carrie said, there's you know there's some emotion, especially if you've been through infertility. I think there's some things that you have to work through, and there's a point that you have to get to um, where you're comfortable and confident with moving forward with this being your path to parenthood. I think on the flip side of it now, it not only is better for you personally, it's going to be better for your child because any insecurities and things that you've, if you're still holding on to that, that's not going to be, you know, um, that's not going to be passed on to your child. But I was going to say it was pretty, the timing was pretty quick for us too, once we um, chose our donor, but it was really what kind of the deciding factor for me was my doctor just laying out the statistics. Um, it was the same doctor um, who had diagnosed me with ovarian cancer. So I felt like I had a good relationship with him. I trusted him. I kind of, you know, cause once, once he did the initial fertility test and knew that we were going to have problems conceiving, yeah. he referred us off to a, um, a fertility specialist. But at a certain point I came back to him and was talking to him during one of my, um, just annual appointments and was kind of telling him, you know, all the different things we tried and, um, the egg donation had been recommended and, you know, we were, I was kind of struggling with it. And he said, well, do you, he's like, what do you want? Do you want to be a mom? He was like, if you want to be a mom, you want to be able to carry your baby. This is your chance. I mean, the chance of continuing to try and try and try and like, and maybe get like a couple of eggs doing IVF. Um, you know, we just, me and my husband was with a donor, I think, it was like 75 or 80% chance of success. I mean, it, the difference was huge. Yeah. What, so what was that like for both of you? You know, you, you each went through these rounds of IVF. You, you each kind of had that hope and that fall and, you know, just all of that. And then all of a sudden it's sort of like, a okay, if I ever want to carry a baby, I'm going to have to rely completely on someone else and and then throw in you know so so not only are you kind of you know struggling with just gosh this isn't going the typical quote unquote way so you're you're struggling with that and now throw in the fact that like there's this whole dna factor that isn't even a thing anymore like what what was kind of that emotional struggle and how did you work through that it was, it's interesting because, you know, Hillary and I have, uh, you know, I already, you know, Willow um, is my egg. So I share DNA with her. And so it was, um, it, I, 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 I knew what that difference was, you know, it, it, I don't know, intellectually or whatever, knowing that, you know, she looks like me and as she gets older, she looks exactly like me. <laughs> <laughs> she's a believer you're many me. <laughs> it's really, it's hundred percent. Yeah, 
Um, and then, you know, not having just, you, you, you do that, that part is missing and how much, you know, um, I had to really sort of, um, make peace with, with that just on, on, you know, for myself. And, um, I, I mean, if this is going to sound, I don't know how it's going to sound, but I remember reading this article and we'd already sort of made the decision and I, you know, made that piece and I wanted siblings for Willow and we knew that, you know, we wanted, um, more children. It, um, there was an article that, you know, the scientists or whatever had figured out that when you have a, when you're pregnant, um, some of the baby's DNA like lingers in the mother's bloodstream for forever. And they actually found like older siblings DNA in younger siblings, like it transfers to, to subsequent um, pregnancies too. Right. And so for some reason that sticks out that that really just sort of confirmed I was, you know, that, that was like the little, like little piece of science or whatever that we're all still connected to anything. And then, you know, that was the thing for me that I was like, okay, this is, it's all going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Hillary? I mean, I know the doctor just asked you, like, you just want to be a mom. Yeah. I mean, that, that was really, that was really it for me. And I think it was because it was, it was my OBGYN who I, who had been like, he had been my doctor at that point. What, probably eight years, I guess. Um, So, I mean, that, that's really what it just made me, I don't know. It's like a light bulb went off and it just made it click for me. But um, I mean, it was an emotional journey for sure. Cause I remember um, the first time that the fertility doctor recommended egg donation, I just kind of looked at him like, I didn't know what he was talking. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I like in theory understand what that is, but you're going to have to explain like logistically to me how that works. And we were um, sitting in his um, office with this little conference table and he literally reaches over and pulls out this binder and it was of donors and he starts flipping through the book. Well, you would, you know, go through a book like this, or you would go through an online database and you would, you know, choose a donor. And I legit felt like he was telling me, you got to pick your replacement. I felt like I was, I felt like like looking at dating profiles. It was so surreal. I felt like Jared and I were sitting there looking and we were like, I was like, okay, you got to pick another woman to have a baby with your husband. I mean, I'm just sorry. That's what it, that's what it felt like for me. A lot. That's a lot to process. And so it took a little, you know, I was overwhelmed at first. And so it took, you know, just kind of, you know, working through that and realizing, you know, I'm still, I'm still going to be the mom. I am 100% the mom. Um, I've never felt ever since I found out I was pregnant, never felt different. Not for one second. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a hurdle. There's hurdles to get there for sure. Egg donation comes on the table. What, obviously there's so many, you know, things out there. You can go with an agency, you can do an independent journey. You can do frozen, you know, egg bank situation through your fertility clinic or associated fertility clinics. What led you all to doing what you ultimately did, which was choose a donor and have a fresh donation and, you know, all of that? Um, for me, it was, um, 
well, it, it really came down to wanting um, not, I didn't want to do anonymous donation. I wanted at least a semi-open um, arrangement, not, you know, that doesn't happen with a frozen bank. Not all agencies are willing to do this. And like Carrie, I really wanted to meet our donor because to me, this was really personal and I couldn't imagine going through this process and not having at least had a conversation with her. Um, and so working with EDS, we were, you know, we were able to do, we were able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. And, you know, I, um, Hillary and I were just talking the other night that, um, that it, I guess the, the standard is moving more towards things that, you know, she and Jared and and Jeremy and I were independently looking for the, for this process that at the time, you know, we were told that we were real outliers asking for those things and it was going to limit our um, options of donors that would be willing to work with us. Um, and it, I just thought that was crazy at the time for a lot of the same reasons. And for me, it was like, you know, we're, we're creating people who are going to grow up and be people. And I didn't want, I didn't think we had the right to make decisions that would foreclose their opportunity to know their story it's not my story. It's, it's going to be the kids that, you know, grow up to be people. And, you know, part of that was probably informed because my husband was adopted at birth and, you know, we've since, you know, uh, he has reconnected with his, um, his birth mother and, you know, that part of his you know genetic history, but it, it wasn't until, I mean, it's, it, it, I just think it's weird. People deserve to know who they are and where they come from. And, you know, maybe the kids wouldn't care, but, you know, that gets to be their choice. And, you know, and this was right on the cusp of like right before the DNA really eliminated, there is no anonymity anymore. There shouldn't be any no. expectation, but there was still, you know, this was only, this was eight years ago when I was doing this, like that doesn't seem that long ago, but in, you know, with the, how quickly technology and things change, like that's totally flipped now. And in my opinion, for the, for the better. Um, And we, you know, because we wanted similar things, like we wanted a semi, um, I don't know, open, whatever. We weren't really looking for a relationship specifically, but we wanted um, the option to be able to reach out to the donor you know, for any medical history and then wanted someone who would be open once any, any resulting children were 18, if they were interested in meeting her, that she would, you know, be open to that. Those are really our two, our two big requirements. Um, and we could not, I mean, any of the, some of the um, fertility clinics, you know, as y'all know, have their own egg donors um, just that are signed up with that clinic but not mm-hmm. a single clinic we talked to would do that. They all insisted on hundred percent anonymous. Um, and the first agency that we were with also, also insisted hundred percent anonymous. And it was just a real, it just was not a good fit for us. Yeah. So for us, you know, um, finding an independent agency gave us more options that, and, and EDS seemed aligned with us just philosophically on that. Um, mm-hmm. And so that just was, you know, that, that was a really easy choice for us. Did you, did it ever occur to you, like when, when did, I guess the thought of, you know, these little people 
that we're raising are going to have these big, deep connections in the world to other people that I haven't even met. I mean, they're siblings. Like when did that kind of come into play? And then ultimately you guys share a donor. So how did that happen? Or how did that grow your story? We picked the same donor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We didn't know each other at the time. We, we met each other afterwards and I think that we, we, uh, that our donor donated five times and I think uh, five times. Yeah. And as far as, but we're the only one, I mean, we both separately connected with our donor, but Carrie is the, Carrie's kids are the only um, donor siblings that I know of for Corinne. Well, with the exception of our donor does not have her own child. So that's another, that's another half sibling. Yeah. Um, But I, so similar to Carrie, um, we were, you know, pretty adamant. We wanted a way to have contact in the future for all the reasons um, that Carrie mentioned. And so we had the donor sibling registry written into our agreement, um, but I didn't do anything with it for two years, you know, because it's like once, once I had my daughter, I was just in that, you know, I was in that first year of, of crazy and trying to, you trying to figure it all out. <laughs> I don't know how you did it with twins. Wait, you always take up time? What? In a, a five-year-old. Five <laughs> sorry to, to interrupt you, but for those that don't know, what is the donor sibling registry? Mm. What is that? So it's um, a website uh, that facilitates connections um, without giving away identifying information. So that's important because you don't have to exchange identifying information unless you choose to. It's all done through, you know, unique username and password. Um, But it facilitates connections between intended parents and donors, between donor siblings, like the way Carrie and I connected, and between um, donor-conceived people and and their their donors. So you just... 23 and me before all, you know, or ancestry. I was like before all of that, but for donors conceived people. And, but I think, um, you know, I've heard the, the donor conceived community. I mean, I'm sure there were there, you know, there's a whole generation of donor conceived people, right? A couple of, couple of generations. Either I didn't go looking for it when we were first going through the process, the way that I have now, or it's become, They've just become much more of a vocal and collective group. I think it's a little bit of both, but I have um, just heard some really sad stories about people finding out that they were donor conceived because they took a DNA test. And I just can't imagine how traumatic that is. I can't imagine how heartbreaking that is, you know, just think about the loss of trust and then identity. And so I didn't, I didn't ever want a future child of mine to go through that. I just couldn't, I couldn't picture it. Um, so that's, that's why we did it. And, um, but again, didn't, didn't do So I always knew, always knew that there was a t- potential for um, donor siblings because our donor had donated once she was a proven donor when we worked with her. So she had already done a cycle. So I already knew that we were the second. We were the, y'all were the fourth or fifth. Yeah. Um, so we knew, so we knew, knew that there was a potential for, um, siblings. I didn't do anything with it until Corinne was around two years old. And then I really started thinking about it again and got curious 
So I just went on. So I signed up for a lifetime membership on the donor sibling registry, went on, um, EDS was on there, donors ID was on there. And then, I mean, immediately it populated. There was a message that Carrie had posted um, that she had boy girl twins um, born in 20, born in 2015. And then she, she had actually posted a couple of pictures. I think they were like, they were babies. They were like eight or nine months old. I think I have no idea. <laughs> and I just, uh, I remember looking going like, like one, they're eight months younger mm-hmm. than my daughter. So they're the same age and two. Wow. They look alike. They look a lot alike. And then I like, I like, I like rented, I like rented to my husband. I was like, she has two siblings. And he's like, oh my gosh. What? I'm like, and then it was kind of like, okay, we got to, got to do something about it now. So I sent, um, Carrie a message through, um, through the platform and said that I had a daughter born eight months before her twins. I said, I'm pretty sure they're siblings. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so what? I mean, it sounds like you were just excited. Like, did you have any residual waves of, of anything or were you just like, I knew this would happen. This is exciting. You know, for me, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, for some reason it didn't really, I mean, I was very focused on their interest and availability to know anything about the donor. For some reason it didn't really occur to me that there would be an opportunity for them to have to know any other donor siblings. Right. I, I know that sounds weird, but I, at the time, but it, we um, we wrote the donor sibling registry into our directed agreement, which required the um, the donor to sign up, and we paid for both lifetime you know things on there. And I had um, wrote that on there and sent her a message through donor sibling registry, the donor, um, shortly after the twins were born. Just you know, like I just felt such gratitude <laughs> after this long journey and just wrote her a nice little note and, and sent the pictures. And really, you know, I didn't have a sense of how, if she would be interested or, you know, anything. I didn't want to sort of, you know, put that on her if she wasn't, but I, you know, just for me, I was like, here's the information. Thank you so much. And, you know, our family's complete. And so it was a really nice surprise. I think, let's see. So the twins, you, you said Corinne was already two when you emailed me. I think so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they were, they were well, it all went together around there. Yeah. What is time? We don't they, know. They were all pretty little. Cause I was thinking it was earlier than that. Cause when you first emailed, okay. it was another what like was six it? or eight months before we really kind of talked. I think we just sort of some basic information and didn't share, you know, email addresses mm-hmm. or names or anything like that. Right. For a while. So I was They're thinking much more early, like six months old. Um, and then by the next year, which okay. had been, they would have been like a year and a half and Corinne was two was when, you know, we, we, met. we yeah, we changed, exchanged emails for real and some more information. And cause Corinne was probably about two and a half, maybe summer of 2017. Does that sound right? Or do I have my years off? Was it 2018 when we met in person the first time? I think it was 2018. So she would have just turned, she would have just turned three. Three. And but, I mean, would have been two and a half. Two. Two. They they were, were still, still su- super young. They super were young. Really yeah. They were very little. 
what led you guys to you match on or you, you, you see each other, you see your messages, you kind of exchange, oh yeah, you know, my my kids related to your kids. Like, you know, this is that exciting. It's weird. What, right? <laughs> what led you to wanting to meet and foster a relationship? Where how did that come into play? I think it was I think it was curiosity at first because um I mean like Carrie I um I initially did the the donor sibling registry because of our donor. I mean like I ha- I had you know I knew donor siblings was a possibility. I did not 100% did not expect to go on and find that she, and, and find them. Um I kind of wanted to see if our if our donor had had registered and I was thinking about reaching out to her but you know initially it was just um it was it was it was curiosity because you know uh and maybe you know we we've only got we were we've only got one child so Corinne's an, an only child in our family and I was just kind of curious what you know similarities and things might exist sure what yeah. about you Carrie uh, I mean same all of that in you know um it, it, at least you know, in the in the little you know the email exchanges that we had had you know we'd had you know similar um, experiences and, um, you know, she, yeah, I mean, I think at the very beginning, just, you know, really curious. And we, the first time that we met, we were, we were in Houston visiting my husband's parents. And I think Hillary, you, y'all had family somewhere close to that. that we you did, were visiting. Yeah. And so we, um, uh, made plans to meet for dinner, just the parent, just the two couples, just um, without the kids and and I think we went to sushi, right? We went to sushi. We did. Yeah. <laughs> kind of got to know each other, compared stories, you know. I think just you know to see how things went, and then we um, invited Hillary and her family to come over. I think what the next day uh-huh. to um, to come hang out and so for the kids to meet each other um, at my uh, in laws' house. And my in laws, you know, they. <laughs> They are the sweetest, most wonderful people, but, you know, they come from a different generation. You know, they adopted both of their sons and it was completely, you know, expectation of anonymity. Like they never in their wildest dreams imagined that, you know, that this was possible or this was something that, you know, we we would be doing. And they, they're nothing but gracious, but they were just like, okay, what's... <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, you know, but they, you know, it was so wonderful to see the kids together, you know, because they are, you know, they were all around the same age. And then, you know, big sister Willow and to see, you know, the similarities, you know, we could see like they walked similarly, like, you know, they're at the time I thought Cooper and Coran looked the most alike. Like they were just sort of mirror images of each other. Oh, um, it was, you know, it was well, but I don't, I mean, the kids didn't really understand. Like we could, no, it was a know, play date. It was just a play date and, you know, they sort of got along and it was, it was just this wonderful experience of this expansion of family, you know, sort of made possible, you know, this would not have been possible 10, yeah. 15 years ago, even like, it's amazing to me that not only that, you know, um, egg donation made our family complete, that it actually expanded, you know, our family. Like we consider Hillary and, and Jared and Corinne, you know, part of that family. And it's, 
don't know. It's just really cool. <laughs> oh, that's so yeah. magical. Yeah, same same here. I mean, I think it's it's great that our it's great that our kids are related. You know, I love that we consider you guys family um, to a hundred percent. But just a nice bo- just a nice bonus that we get fr- you know friends out of this too. Because I think we all get along so well. We would be friends even if our kids. Yeah. weren't related we're but really, we came together yeah. because we came together because they are yeah uh, and we've gone on vacations together what two years now two summers now yeah and then the 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 kids all went to sleepaway camp together last year so zoe and corinne were in the same cabin and got to spend like two solid weeks together oh uh, my gosh how fun yeah so how have you guys okay so for for those that don't know, or Hillary, you kind of alluded to it. You passion project, you help with intended parent uh-huh. education. You write our wonderful blogs and y'all each had your own separate story on the egg donor and surrogate solutions blog. And then y'all's beautiful special story of the siblings being together. And that was in 2020. You've said you've gone on vacation, sleepaway camp. I mean, all of this stuff, how has their sibling relationship evolved and what are maybe some of the words that you use as it gotten older and it's not just a two-year-old play date now you know and they they are at sleepaway camp like do they say yes this is my sister like what what do they do I I mean I, I you know mine are the youngest of it and they don't seem to I don't think they still, they still don't understand. Like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, we, my hope is that, you know, it's not, it's always just going to be a thing that they've known and they'll sort of, you know, grasp it a little bit more as they figure out the science later. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's just not, they just don't care. Like it's not a big deal to them. It's just, (laughs) yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, I think they're, um, I think they're just, you know, they're kids and they just see like other kids their age and they have fun. I mean, I, I may have over explained it to, to Corinne because I mean, I have used the term like half siblings. And then just the way that we explain egg donation um, or the way we did that for her, because um, I think that's when one thing like I've seen in talking to a lot of intended parents, I think. Um, and this goes back a little bit to what Carrie said about other agencies not being willing to, um, you know, facilitate a more open arrangement. I think a lot of it comes down to education. I think a lot of intended parents and I think a lot of donors don't know that they have the option and they don't know to ask. I think if you, if you, uh, so I'm glad to see the shift changing. That was, you know, a lot, a lot has happened, um, in the last eight or nine years, but I think most intended parents have the intention of telling their kids. They just don't necessarily know where to start because as a parent, there's for, for kids, it's just information, right? If you tell them early and you tell them, you know, often enough, it just becomes part of their story. They're not going to remember that you revealed this big thing to them. It's not a revelation. Like it. Yeah. 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 It's just, no. And there's no emotion attached to it for them. Like mm-hmm. for as parents, if you've still got stuff that you're working through and, you know, all that, they, you know, there's emotion for you because you've, you've been through it. But to kids, it's just, 
it's just your mom, that's dad. It's yeah. the end. Yeah. <laughs> so we just told, we just, we started with books with Corinne when she was really little. And then as she's gotten older, you know, we've kind of just explained it takes three ingredients to make a baby. Usually, you know, from a mom, you know, sperm from a mom, egg from, or uh, sperm from a dad, egg from a mom and a uterus and just said, you know, my eggs didn't work. And so we needed help and it took three people to bring you into this world. And so she, she understands that. And then she, and I said, and you know, there, and um, we refer to our donor by name in our house. So she like, it's like, she knows, she knows um, name and information um, and all that. And we've connected with her separately, but that, um, you know, she, she just, we've said, you know, other families needed help too. And so same donor helped other families and that's the connection with Zoe and Cooper. So. Gotcha. She's, she's like, Oh, okay. Which I don't know if that means I get it or like, okay, cool. They're just like kids that I get to play with and we get to go on vacation, you know, <laughs> once a year. That's a lot of fun. I don't know. <laughs> Yep. I mean, yeah, it. kids just make the world so much simpler. We love them for it. <laughs> it doesn't have to be this hard. No, it's just like, it's absolutely not. And, um, well, I'll tell you, I told her the story the other night. And this, um, so I'm like now anticipating like the funny questions or their perspective whenever they get old enough to really sort of sure. get all of that. Um, so our older daughter is, you know, result of IVF, but not of donor egg IVF. And um, she and her friend, um, like we moms and daughters have gone out on a shopping trip on Saturday. And the other, her friend was also um, IVF, not donor egg. Um, and she asked her mom, and she's like, was I fresh or frozen? <laughs> and she's like, what? Mom, mom was like, well, you know, yeah, we, we froze an emperor. She's like, you froze me? <laughs> so, she's like, I thought I was fresh, never frozen. <laughs> I love kids so much. I mean, but this is why, like, I feel like this, I mean, just like you said, Hillary, education is so important. And I mean, and it just because it's not taboo anymore. It's just, yeah. it's just their story. That is so funny my my um so i i have an el my my eldest and then i have twins all biologically related to me and then i was a surrogate and my eld and and my first journey it was one embryo that split you know so then they have identical twins and so my eldest she never anytime anybody was pregnant she never asked oh is it a boy or a girl she was like are there is there one or two <laughs> <laughs> i love that Yep. It's, I mean, it all just, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's about, um, you know, family and love and safety and security and, you know, empowering these little people that, you know, there's lots of different ways to bring them into to the world and to create a family. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter how that happens. It's really just, you know, once they're here, um, you know, how, how they grow and thrive. And um, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, having been on now, we're like eight, um, 12 years, 13 years past my original IVF journey and eight years past, you know, the egg donation IVF journey that, um, you know, it's, 
I, I would not change a single thing, even the heartache that came before it, because I think that it has made me a better mother than I would have been otherwise. I'm more grateful. <laughs> and, you know, just that, that we finally got here and that we get to do this. Like, I don't take a single thing for granted, even when they're driving me bananas. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So y'all are going to get me all teary on a Friday morning. I know. Right? I, I am like, I'm not wearing waterproof mascara, but, but I, I, I feel, I feel the same. I felt the same way. Um, you know, when I wrote our story for, for the blog, um, I think I titled it the child we were meant to have. And that's, mm-hmm. that's absolutely how I feel because if this, it, it was the right path to parenthood for us because if we hadn't gone down this road and if all the other things hadn't happened to get us to this point, we wouldn't have Corinne and she just, you know, she completes our family and she's just, she's a joy. Mm, I I think she was on some divine level. She was meant to be our daughter. We were meant to be her parents. I love that. What would be one thing that you would say to any intended parent or even donor as they're kind of discerning perhaps this path for growing their family or a donor, you know, as she's Um, discerning how this is going to affect. Well, to donor, donor, I would say just thank you. I mean, you have no idea the impact um, that you're making because I literally would not have my daughter without our donor. And I have, I have to say, I might get emotional talking about this, but I have been able, I have been able to, to meet her. Um, Corinne was able to meet her very recently. Um, And she is lovely. She's lovely. She's a sweetheart. I was able to tell her, Thank you. I mean, I told her thank you before, but it was completely differently. It was completely different being able to tell her thank you as a parent and for her to, I think, maybe even for her to see like truly the impact um, that she made. I mean, as for donors, you have no idea um, the impact that you're making by helping um, to create a family. And then for intended parents, I would just say if you're if you're struggling with anything like you know, concerns about being able to connect with a child that you're not genetically related to being, you know, the, the real mom, the real parent. Um, absolutely. Those are legitimate feelings. I mean, I felt them all had to work through them. Um, but when you, but it's completely different when you get on the other side of it. I mean, every hesitation I had was based in fear. Um, and once I was able to move past that and especially becoming after I became a a parent, none of it came to fruition. Um, and my daughter knowing her, knowing, you know, half siblings and knowing the donor and as she gets older, she may care about that or she may not, but I just feel like at least we've, we've opened the door for those opportunities, but if those are relationships she continues to have, it in no way negates my role as a parent. They're just more people that love my kid. Yeah. Oh, I love that. What about you, Carrie? I mean, I don't think I can top, you know, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that was, um, 
Yeah, I, um, I, I, you know, I, donors, I mean, I'm sure they have lots of different reasons why they choose to, to donate. Um, but at the base of it, I cannot imagine. Well, I, I mean, I, it just seems clear that, you know, at, at the root of all of it is, is it's such a, it's such a selfless thing to do. Like, it's just such a, uh, I mean, it, thank you doesn't seem to really, really capture <laughs> like what, <laughs> what, what they're, what they're doing to help, you know, um, people who create me and, 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 and people who have already been through the ringer almost like by and large, like we've been through a lot by the time, you know, we get to, you know, egg, egg donation as, as the option that we're, that we're choosing. And um, so, I mean, I just hope that they realize, and I, I hope that our donor especially realizes just how, just how grateful we, we are for that. And it's just a bonus that she's lovely on top of that. Like she's just a good person. Right. And, and that, you know, that, you know, our kids that she's open to meeting, we didn't even hope or ask for that, you know, to have an opportunity for them to know her or meet her while, while they were growing up. Um, and, you know, Hillary and I've talked cause she, you know, they just recently met her in person and Corinne met her in person and everything went great. And, and I'm probably going to reach out to, to see. Um, and it's, it's funny, you know, now that, you know, Hillary is connected with her there, there is a, that whole not no anonymity. It turns out that her mom, the donor's mom was besties in high school with one of my dearest friends. <laughs> the world is too small. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> How crazy is that? Yeah. So it's, you know, and I, you know, I'm just still like really, you know, the same thing, like I, the curiosity about seeing, you know, what similarities there were between, you know, Karen and, and the twins. I'm, you know, real, real curious to see, you know, what things that they may get from the donor and how like they are to the donor's daughter. Um, it's just, it's really just fascinating and, and wonderful. And there is nothing that would give me any hesitation in telling any intended parents that, um, there's no reason to not do this. Um, if, if this is the way that you can make your family or complete your family. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you guys so much. Okay, final question, and it's a fun one. So we're all sitting here. We're all drinking our coffee. Everyone knows that I am the coffee addict. What? <laughs> so literally and figure or figuratively, what has filled your cup this morning? For me, it was coffee, and then I I drive my son to school, and we have a particular playlist that we always jam out to, and this just starts my day beautifully. What about y'all? Um, well, for me, it's coffee with sweet cream. Yes, ma'am. Like I gotta, gotta have my coffee in the morning. Um, and then it just, um, just, just the interaction with my daughter while I was getting ready and, and she was getting ready. She came in, um, and she had had a muffin, cho- a chocolate chip muffin for breakfast. And so she like leans in to give me a kiss and it's all still like right here. And I'm just like, 
you know, it's just there are. It's like it's it's the it's the little moments, yeah. right? It's like it's just the it's just the everyday. Um, because there was so long when I wondered if I would ever actually get to be a mom, and yes. so uh, <laughs> it's like yeah, yes. yeah, like it, yeah, it tasted pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love this question. I definitely, yes, coffee. Um, and just the the messiness of the mornings. Um, I, you know, for this morning, uh, Cooper was in here. Um, there's a piano behind me. So he he was in here, like, plucking out a melody. And I was like, is he, he our musical kid? Like, he was literally just, like, composing music on the piano. Yeah. So, and then, you know, I was, Zoe wanted me to braid her hair this morning in a very particular way. Of course. Of course. It's like five minutes before you have to go out the door too. It's like, well, yes, I would love this intricate hairstyle, please. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, and Willow is home today because she's sick. And so she's a little extra snuggly and, you know, it's all those, all those things. And because there's a five-year age gap between them you know, I'm so cognizant that, you know, the little kid things are slipping away. You know, they're not always going to be snuggly. They're, you know, I always tell them, I was like, mama's, you know, smell their baby's heads. And I was like, I need a good, you know, sniff of my baby's heads, you know. For oh. um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, the messiness of the mornings. It's loud and bananas around here. And <laughs> I love it. I love I, it. That's definitely a way to fill yourself up for sure. <laughs> Well, you guys, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate you just being willing to to share your story and, you know, educate those who are looking at doing this and, you know, just show that it really is just, it's just one more way to, to create that happy family. Absolutely. 100%. You have just finished listening to an episode of Me, You, and Who. To find out more about Egg Donor and Surrogate Solutions, go to www.createahappyfamily.com.